I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. I'm Oz Davis, back as host probably for the end to, until the end of the season and joining me the main man for six seven eight weeks now joe pritchard joe how the hell are you and where the hell are you this may be the first american-based cfl podcast <laughs> to record with the host are in the u.s right only the americans are real <laughs> um Right, coming to you live from Hungary. Joe is coming to you live from Canada, Winnipeg, Canada, to be precise. Um, last on the start part. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about last week's games. A uh, couple of blowouts, a couple of close ones. And I'm sure that Joe only has one game on his mind. That's one of those blowouts. The Banjo Bowl, the fourth consecutive blowout for the Bombers in this game. They're now averaging in those last four games a composite win of 43 to 12. (laughs) Joe, was this the best game experience you've had at the Banjo Bowl? I would say so, yes. (laughs) Based off of what has been going on, recently in the rivalry Mm. and just how quickly and utterly the game turned. Mm -hmm. There was no question about who was the better team yesterday and that any questions about that were gone by about midway through the first quarter. Which is about when I stopped watching it. I'm, I'm enjoying this part of the season because now there's actually the possibility of me seeing some of this stuff live. Um, you know, starting at 10 p.m. or this this weekend, they started at 7 p.m. So I actually managed to watch the entire embarrassment of my Alouettes by the Toronto Argos and then started watching this game. But after the first quarter, it was fairly evident that this game was over. Dan, the bomber, shut the door quickly on this. Mm-hmm. And anybody that says that wasn't a revenge game, that was a revenge game. And, <laughs> But knows it like the party line is no this wasn't revenge this is just another game on the schedule yeah right nobody believes you well i mean especially after the previous week when i mean yes we had one player suspended from the riders but there was a lot of as they call it in the nfl game chippiness going on through that whole game uh one helmet to helmet hit on a quarterback by the bombers even in this game now of course you know with the replays and whatnot we don't get all of this stuff uh, the cfl tends to sanitize this before the official highlights but was there uh extracurricular activities going on in this game joe as one who was there no not really no okay okay so often like the bombers were business-like they okay. were just they had their they had their they had their business suit and suitcase in hand and just walked and walked and just walked right through it. Every, and they were hitting. There were a few just big hits that yeah, they yeah. threw that 
told you that, yeah, this one meant a little bit more. But really, like, the writers were blown out so early, and it was just clear who was in charge that there was very few even, like, oh, look, I made a big hit. I'm going to start dancing around. And you saw it once or twice with the writers in the second half. It's like, oh, yeah, we're still here. We're still here. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> or, or. And the bombers <laughs> didn't react at all, because why would they at that point? Now, I'm sure that some of this has to do with just the fact that it's the rioters, just the fact that it's the, the banjo bull and whatnot. But how much of this is the bombers really starting to assert themselves after, you know, a few close games, a few up and down games, a Caleros was out for a little while. I mean, in this game, we saw, I mean, Brady Oliveira has been coming on recently, but wow. I mean, that 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 little flip, that little Pat Mahomes shovel pass in the first quarter was just fantastic. Um, 18 carries, 154 yards, and that's just on carries. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we also gave him four receptions for 57 yards as well. So 211 total yards by Oliveira. Uh, just a lot of nice other things uh, from the offense in this game as well. Hey, how much of this is the real bombers and how much of this is the revenge-minded bombers? There was a bit more of an edge because of that, but really, it's a rivalry game. There's always going to be a little bit more into it anyway. So I think they just, I think that was the thing that put it over the top to be, okay, we're not even going to stop scoring until halftime. <laughs> because I six drives, that's pretty fantastic. Right. Okay. So uh, a great experience had by all Bombers fans in right. Winnipeg. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, um, as listeners to the show know, I've been off this program for quite some time. I even missed the halfway point, uh, at which point that Joe and I typically like to assess uh, how the season has been so far. Now, I guess we're past the seven tenths point or so of the season. And I wanted to ask you, Joe, in general, um, what have you been surprised at? And if you can, you know, considering your, your preseason takes and your, and your first week takes, what have you been surprised at at this point in the season? Really? If you would have shown me, if you would have shown me the standings, uh, after the first before the first week and said this is what the standings are going to be um in week 14 i wouldn't have been i might have been a little bit surprised that i, I might have reversed winnipeg and toronto's records both okay. outstanding just i didn't see toronto being quite that dominant but good on them because i mean chad kelly has been everything they wanted him to be oh. I would have probably also been surprised at Calgary being as low as they are. Edmonton, no surprise there. Saskatchewan's about where I thought they'd be. Maybe, you know, maybe I would have thought to switch Calgary and Saskatchewan, but they they found they found their footing. I mean, I don't think there was a lot of expectations for the Riders going into this year. Having Trevor Harris would have been one of those things that might have helped people prop them up, but I've actually been pleasantly surprised with Jake Dolagala um, and how 
fast. He's progressed. He's got a lot of poise. He wasn't really rattled much yesterday. It's just that he didn't. He, you don't design an offense for a for for the fourth game you're ever going to start for a quarterback mm-hmm. in a hostile environment to be able to go toe to toe and have and go touchdown to touchdown with the bombers and they just weren't going to do that. Uh, but he did play well in what he was expected to be able to do. I'm looking forward to seeing what else he's got. So going forward. I hope they make, keep giving him opportunities. We'll see he's progressed really nicely. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish out their season. Um, not surprised by Montreal as to where they are. I kind of thought that they were being underrated at the beginning of the season. 500's about where I had them. I didn't have Hamilton that highly or Ottawa. So really not too many out-and-out surprises, I think. We're getting this season we expected to get. Maybe not how we thought we were going to get there, but we're there. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's getting me, I mean, aside from the fact that I think that the one that everybody really missed on were the Tiger Cats. Uh, I think a lot of people had them in either first or second in the East. They still could pull off second. Don't even get me started on that. because I, I mean, they that, could. Uh, and Caleb Powell's. Taylor Powell's coming along nicely too, especially for a for a pure rookie uh, being thrown into the mix. So yeah, it's on the table, but they geared up for a Grey Cup run yeah. with a lot of veteran players, and a lot of them have more name value than they have value on the field anymore. Yeah, you well, know, after starting zero and three and one and four, I mean, now all of a sudden they're a game back or two points back, however you want to look at it, on the Owls. I mean, about the only thing that keeps Alouette fans sleeping at night at this point is the fact that we've already taken two games from Hamilton this year. So, right, and <laughs> Ottawa's regressed to being Ottawa, so you're probably yeah. in the playoffs as long as you stay ahead of Calgary. So you're yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ottawa's <laughs> yeah I mean it looks like and, and this is one thing recently that has been a slight surprise is here comes Edmonton three and one in their last four their only loss was four point loss to to Calgary in which in 2023 Elks fashion they threw away a lead um, however they're starting to come up now and now they're only what a game game and a half back of Calgary uh, for that spot, which I believe that you had Calgary picked in. I believe you had Calgary picked in that fifth spot in the West. No, I didn't. I don't think I had Edmonton catching them, but okay. maybe I did. Okay. Yeah. Cause I either which way there. I didn't see a whole lot going on in the bottom three spots in the West. Yeah. Now, how much of this, how, how much of Edmonton's recent success is, is, you know, just the numbers balancing out and how much of this can we put on Trey Ford who seems to be having a hell of a hell of a nice run a little bit of a a little bit of b I mean they probably didn't deserve to be 0-9 to be fair they lost they left a lot of close games on the table the first half of the season but Trey Ford gives them something to like Trey Ford represents hope he's doing he's not you know He's not a superstar yet. There's hope for that. There's the physical potential for that to be. He's got a lot of learning to do. He's really, what, three or four starts into his, what, four or five starts now into his career? Yeah. Yeah. You got to give him some time to develop. 
And then he's also facing the fact that Chris Jones did everything he could to lose that game last night, and they still pull it out. <laughs> yeah, right. I, they they're they're three and nine in spite of Chris Jones, and it's easy for me to say sitting here, but the decisions that were made last right. night just mind boggling in the fourth yeah. quarter. Slightly eccentric. I I didn't understand when you're down by ten going for two. I mean, I guess it's so you can I get did. the eight. I saw that, but then the cluster they made of that whole thing. Right. <laughs> was just... Totally. Like, I could see trying to come within eight. Because if you're down 10, you're still two scores away, but it's a field goal and an extra, it's a field goal and a touchdown with your extra right. point. Right. Your extra point that you're. 36-year-old rookie kicker should be relied on to make if you mm-hmm. are going to keep a 36-year-old rookie kicker. Mm-hmm. Again, Chris Jones doing weird things, but yes, he, he ended up being the hero last night, so that worked out well, eventually. Mm-hmm. It did. It did rather amuse me when during the Calgary-Edmonton game, at one point, uh, the color commentators for TSN said, Oh, and look, this is where Mayer gets dangerous when he moves. And it's like, no, man, Trey Ford can move. I mean, mm-hmm. there was the there was the one play in the third quarter where he's or it was in the fourth quarter when they came back from 18 down. Who would have thought of that? <laughs> that Edmonton would make an 18-point comeback this season. But you know, where he spun around, you know, got a look at downfield and made the pass. You know, he, he, I'm sorry, he was spun around by the defense, you know, and still maintained and managed to throw the pass. You know, our guy in Montreal wouldn't have done that. Um, I bet here's, here's one that you didn't see coming. The leading passer in the CFL right now is Jake Mayer. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm not sure anybody no. had that. No, I didn't really. Have. He <laughs> did when he was first taking starts for Bo when he was hurt. He was putting up 300-yard games. Sure. But how? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, you know, here he is. He's averaging 7.66 yards per attempt. Every other starter is over 10. Yeah, which is it's just he's probably the only one that's played every game. Yes. Yes, that's that's one reason why he's he's number one in just number of yards and only recently has calgary found anything resembling a running game and they always seem to be playing from behind this year so you know that's one of those statistical anomalies that's <laughs> that can put you off of numbers a little bit okay um yeah i guess that's all i wanted to touch upon for um last week and for the season in general uh okay so this is also that time of the year surprisingly because toronto especially has been doing so well that we can start talking about playoff scenarios unfortunately in this week after uh toronto and winnipeg clinched playoff spots there's nothing there's no scenarios happening this week um i mean even BC is a game and a half behind Winnipeg in that division. So, however, I I did come up with this, Joe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the magic number for BC to make the playoffs is two with Calgary. Because all 
um, BC needs is the 10th win or for Calgary to get the 10th loss, I believe. Is that not correct? Yeah, I think it would be because Ottawa even, would have... Even right it, now, it, the it, worst the that event, BC can do is 9-9. Nine, nine. Right. In, in the event that everything goes catastrophically wrong for BC, which we don't even know is possible. Right. Like we can assume they lose all their games, but other teams play games too. That might affect this, but even assuming they don't win another game this year, just in that fairy world of uh, playoff scenarios, Ottawa would have to catch them too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. 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 Because they could still be in the, or no, Well, yeah, if they fall to four, Hamilton would have to catch them too, okay. which is possible. Yeah, because then BC could still, at eight and ten, potentially still be a crossover if right. Calgary decides okay. to go nine and nine somehow. Okay. So. Yep. 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 You're right. Okay. I see. But BC has versus Ottawa coming up and then at Edmonton. So, so I mean, they're they're clinching in the next three or four weeks, no matter right, what. Like, right, like, and then and then yeah, also in week sixteen, it's Montreal at Calgary, which traditionally has been a big problem for Calgary anyway in that game. So yeah, I think in week sixteen we should see BC clinched. I can't help thinking that Ottawa is about to be eliminated as well as they're going at BC and then home versus Saskatchewan. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're bounced pretty soon, even though they're still in the East. So that would put them at three and 11. Yeah. So pretty much Montreal would just have to win one more and Hamilton would just have to win two more. Actually, I don't even think Montreal would have to win two more because we've already beaten Ottawa twice as well. So I think that Ottawa is in danger of being eliminated very soon here. Uh, and I guess Edmonton just needs two more losses to be eliminated mathematically as well. Um, or a BC win. Yeah, just one BC win could eliminate Edmonton, maybe. Well, no, because the Saskatchewan. They, they can still get Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah. In okay. theory. Right, right, right. Okay. I don't think that happens in practice. Saskatchewan's found a, found a foundation that they can go forward with i guess the one thing going back just a minute to to what's surprising i guess what's surprising to me is now that montreal got blown out by toronto this league is exceedingly top heavy you now only have three teams that are plus uh, that are plus in the plus minus point different so you know this is not i'm sitting here thinking that toronto might be able to clinch the east final with a win over Montreal, don't they play them again next week? Uh, let's see. So next week we've got Montreal at Calgary, and then it's no, uh, not quite. No, not it might for be a while couple weeks yet. out then. Okay. Yeah, I think that. No, wait. We have it is Toronto Montreal this week. I'm looking at next week. Sorry. Yeah. So that that should finish off Montreal. I mean, they've already uh, won against us twice, so that would definitely finish us off. I think. Um, and then I would have to think, did they turn to play Hamilton before this season or before <laughs> Labor Day? Uh, I thought so. 
Yeah, I thought they already had two wins against Hamilton too. Uh, yeah, right. So I don't know if that I don't know if that we've had playoff possibilities printed yet for week yeah. fifteen. Have we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there isn't any. There isn't okay. any. We might just be. Yeah. We might just be early. So I would imagine that Toronto. Well, Toronto can probably print East final tickets right now and be safe. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure they're already. Yeah. They're already making plans. Those fans are six, still six and zero oh at home. Still undefeated at home. The only team to to be so this year. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully that's gonna. This is gonna bode well for Toronto's financial success in the future as well. Okay. So let's talk next week's games. Uh, let me call that up here. We still don't have lines on these things because Joe and I are actually being fastidious in recording this on Sunday morning, uh, Central. Central Daylight Time, I guess it's still called. Um, yep. So no Lions here, but I got to tell you, ever since that week 11, uh, when I could not be stopped betting CFL games, I think I won like seven bets against no losses that week. I've been terrible. I've been terrible at Pick'em. I've been terrible at the sports book. Luckily, I haven't made too many bets like I did in week 11, but... Uh, so I'm probably better off not knowing the lines for this one and thus giving you my so-called recommendations for this week. But let's try and look at these games anyway. Now, here's Toronto at Montreal. Um, Toronto is 10 and 1. <laughs> um, let's take a look at the schedule here. I'm going to see who they have left because I'm really starting to wonder. I mean, okay, so what is the best record on an 18 win season? Is it still 15 and 3? 16 and 2. Edmonton did it in 1989 for all the good wow. that did them. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay, so they're chasing that. Let's see. What are we looking at here? We are looking at um Hold on just a sec here. Okay. So Winnipeg, next... September 29th. Not that I know that for any good reason or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's at Montreal versus Hamilton at Winnipeg on the game you just mentioned versus Edmonton versus Ottawa at Saskatchewan at Ottawa. Okay. So they're closing up really nicely. Uh, and I can't imagine that Hamilton will be much problem for them in week 16. So, yeah, I mean, this could be one of the only real possibilities they have to lose, I imagine. Then again, if they clinch the East this week, like six weeks out, right? uh, you're not playing Chad Kelly six straight games at that point. You think so? Wow. I think you start resting your starters here and there. You start trying, you start pointing to the east final you don't sit him you don't sit him on the bench after you clinch for the whole time because you got to keep him fresh but yes you're not going to sit there and go okay we're going for 17 and one because what good does that do you i would think that in week 17 at winnipeg that they would still play their starters i think yeah i can see that i could see hamilton i starting to wind down especially since their buys are all done already yes i could see them sitting their starters a couple of games in october 
Maybe yeah. you bring them back out for the last week of the season because you've got one more bye because right. of the semi. But you don't. You're probably not going puddles of the metal either. Yeah. Well, that'll be great for. We should be seeing a lot of Andrew Harris here at the end of the season. Then he's been eclipsed by AJ Ouellette all season. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll get to see him in these last few games against Ottawa and Saskatchewan. But, yeah, that's right. Geez, in the modern game, that 16-2 and two is pretty safe, huh? It is. Uh, I, don't, I don't really remember when it became it, – it, came in fashion to start sitting your starters when you've clinched. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was sometime in like the two thousands that became more of a popular yes. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, wow. Yeah. Toronto boy, they're going to, I guess the only thing that can stop Toronto at this point is uh, just, um, lackadaisical play right i mean it's just taking it for granted right i mean the only thing they have to worry about is getting rusty you would think you know not right and winning the second is a lot harder than winning the first yeah yeah um okay so how do you see this game playing out then is 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 winnipeg looking to step on the throat here or could this just be a numbers game i mean like toronto can't possibly sweep the east this year can they they could. I mean, the East yeah. isn't that good. Yeah. Uh, Montreal can beat the teams that they're better than, and they can't beat anybody that's better than they are. They're yep. the t- prototypical 9-9 team. So yep. if that holds, Toronto basically clinches the East this week, if not officially. Yeah, I mean, Montreal's only lost to three teams all season, and you can guess which ones they are. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to hard to believe. They, they have this and the good off. thing for them is they'll probably be done with those teams yep. then. They yep. can go on a run at the end of the season if they can get themselves back together. Yep, this is the last one. Well, I mean, it's uh, – I guess the running game has not been very consistent. The defense has it's been – the Jason Moss offense. You don't have a running game. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Slap me in the face. Go ahead. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, against these these non-big three teams, the defense has been fine. Um, yeah, our quarterback can win us those games. Uh, that you know, against these sub five hundred teams. So, yeah, I guess we just have to grin and bear it for one more week. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take Toronto along with you on this one, Joe. Um, all right. Now, this one could be interesting. Here's Edmonton at Saskatchewan. You, uh, and I mean, you're not the only one, but you you laid a lot of the misfortunes uh, that befell the Elks last week on Chris Jones. Here's Chris Jones going against his old team. Uh, Edmonton seems to be hot. Saskatchewan might be a little shell-shocked after last week. What do you make of this game? I think Saskatchewan's good enough. They've got enough of a structure to make it harder for Trey Ford to improvise Mm -hmm. and make it harder for him to run around all over the place. And then they also have a steady offense that's going to put up in the mid-20s in a game that they're not just being overwhelmed because just I I wouldn't even count last week's start against Joel Gala. They were just from the start the bombers were just hot and there's nothing they could have done about it 
So I think Saskatchewan puts up 20-ish points. They hold Edmonton to 15. And it'll be close at the end. There's going to be a big player too that's going to determine who's got it. But Saskatchewan's the steadier team. And I think that's, and they're playing at home. I think that's, those are your differences. Well, it's a short golden age for the Edmonton Elks then because next week they get uh, versus BC, then by, then at Toronto. So, <laughs> well, they have a chance to score points against BC this year. <laughs> They've had two cracks at it before and haven't done it. So why yeah. not? Let's let's see if they could put up a three spots against BC. Yeah. How about it? All right. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers at Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now you say the Bombers are back, which is great news for me because I really want the Tiger Cats to start losing again. I would like I would like to believe that this, they're going to just keep steamrolling teams right now. But like this is a prototypical trap game Ugh. they just came off of i'm still picking the bombers just uh, <laughs> i'm not i'm not not gonna do that but just something that it's going to be harder to come up against a team in the east that's mediocre they're going on the road uh, i mean tim horton's field isn't exactly a house of horrors anymore for anybody but no. still it's not an easy place to play either i could see and, and hamilton's had a couple of games where they just come out and are better than what they seem to be they might have already spent those this year though but last year same pretty much the same situation hamilton just came out and punched winnipeg in the mouth and winnipeg scrambled to stay in the game but dane Ev- they couldn't keep dane evans from tearing them apart so i don't see that i don't see that happening this year but it's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. It's going to be a close one. Winnipeg wow. hasn't been as locked down in the close games this year as they have been in the past. But, you know, they'll win by seven. But they're not just going to walk into Tim Hortons and take the donuts and walk home. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah, now you've told me before this season um, that this is not the kind of team that falls for the trap game. So I'm going to hold you that. Besides, this is a bad situation to get the trap game because week 16 is a bye for Winnipeg, and then they're going at Toronto. And then they so. go Toronto, B.C. So <laughs> right. it's it's not – it's – I mean, even veteran teams look ahead sometimes, right? Yeah. Looking well, forward to that bye week, looking forward to the time off, looking forward to, hey, we got a couple of big games when we come back. Right, right. So right. even the best teams might – don't give you everything they have every week. Ugh. All right. Not instilling me with confidence. This might be a good one to take Winnipeg money line and Hamilton plus the points if the line is big enough, which it probably should be. It'll probably be like seven to ten somewhere. Yeah, one would think it's about eight and a half. Yeah, so so I would keep a lookout for that if I were a better gambler than I am right now at the CFL. And finally, closing the week with Ottawa at BC. And... um you got to think that you got to go chalk on this one and think this is about as big of a blowout as it gets. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just like Hamilton at BC, right. That was going to be easy too. Right. <laughs> Except that I don't think Ottawa has the ability to stay with BC. They had a bit of a hot spurt when Dustin Crumb was unknown to everybody, but it seems like the league's figured him out and their well, defense and their defense doesn't do well enough 
for them not to score 30 points. So they pretty much have to score 30 points to win, and that's hard to do. Rom has been sacked now 46 times, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I mean, if anybody's offensive line is that thin, then you know the quarterback is going to. It's get also a rookie down. quarterback that likes yeah. to run around. So yeah. that you add ten sacks for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like in that Winnipeg game, and he he went into the Winnipeg game at thirty two sacks and well ahead of anybody else in this league. And you know, since then he's racked up another fourteen. So it's just like. Jesus. I mean, I'm on my own Crom sack watch because the official website stats feature has been so wonky this season that I'm actually like keeping track of it myself since the Winnipeg game. And man, there's just, there's no antidote for that except improving your offensive line. That's not going to happen this season. So against a team like BC, I, I can't. No, there's an antidote in having him get the ball out of his hands. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But again, I just. Again, I was just struck in this last game against Hamilton that even Hamilton has like the pretty sizable, sizable size advantage over the Red Blacks, and it's just like, man, I just no. When that be... BC line, when that BC line has is not stopped, it's going to make life miserable for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, the front eight in in BC is been quite good this season so i just can't see it I, this this looks like your week ending blowout right here but i'll be able to watch this game it's a, oh no not this one this one's not on a reasonable time so i won't be watching this one live but the rest i probably will i'll probably watch the first quarter see that it's going the way it's supposed to go and go to bed right right i'll set my alarm for one <laughs> um all right joe hey it's good to be back thanks for doing such a swell job when I was not um, in town uh, for listening to the show. That's it. You get me the rest of the season. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm back. Um, Joe, next week you're back in town and then you're leaving town again. I'll be leaping town for Grey Cup, yes. Oh, not Toronto? No. No, you're not going to the Toronto game. Okay, you're just excited for it. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't be? The two best teams in the league. Of course. Yeah. Possible B- BC, BC is very close to that, but they're not there yet. They're slightly too they're they're slightly inconsistent. And that's all that takes. Mm-hmm. Who's the team that you think is going to close the season hot and carry that into next year? I think it could be Edmonton, honestly. Mm-hmm. They started so badly, but now they've found something. I mean, they're still not a great team, but they're not oh they're not a team that could have gone that's gonna go three and fifteen either now. I think if yeah. you're an Edmonton fan, you look at five and thirteen and go, right. that could have been worse. That's yeah. a five and four ending to the season. Yeah. And right. let's hope we can keep this going next year. Yeah, that's just what I was going to put them at, too, is 5-13. and 13. I think that's reasonable, given the rest of the Because that's, that's over 500 for the last half of the season. So. Yep. Right. And, right, and you could draw the line there, because that's when Trey Ford showed up. Right, 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 right. So, possible optimism in Edmonton. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I'll close out the podcast there. 
Um, for my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Alice Davis. This has been the Bruce Wright CFL Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. No, the guy says that. I don't need to say that. I don't need to say that. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.